This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Nightlight has partnered with Fan Roll Dice by Metallic Dice Games to offer an exclusive discount on one of their gorgeous dice sets that we've fallen in love with because of their satisfying weight and, let's just be honest, sparklies not to mention their impeccably constructed dice accessories. In one word, velvet. Visit fanrolldice.com, that's F-A-N-R-O-L-L-D-I-C-E dot com, and use our discount code NIGHTLIGHT for 10% off any new additions to your dice hoard. A portion of your purchase will come back to us and help support our shows. So go to fanrolldice.com with the discount code NIGHTLIGHT to get 10% off of any additions to your dice hoard. Hi, I'm Tanya Thompson, horror writer and creator of Nightlight, a horror podcast featuring creepy tales from Black writers all over the world. It's finally October, the greatest month of the year for horror fans, and we've got some strange and spooky things in store for you. All this month, we're giving you a free preview of new content that will only be available to members of the Nightlight Legion, in addition to our regular story episodes. You'll hear everything from creepy true stories to one-on-one conversations with brilliant horror writers and fans. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you're following us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram so you don't miss out on these special treats. And remember, if you enjoy our show, you can join more than 20 other horror lovers as a member of the Nightlight Legion on Patreon. Otherwise, you'll miss out on some great scares and will die a slow, agonizing death, fading away into nothingness, shouting, Why didn't you love me? Or, I mean, we might just have to stop producing great stories and go the way of so many other podcasts. But it sucks either way, right? If you like the show, but can't join the Nightlight Legion on Patreon, you can support us for free by listening on the Radio Public app for iOS or Android. You listen, we get a few cents. There's even something in it for you. Radio Public cares about your privacy and doesn't sell your information. So you won't end up being stalked by some company or get replaced by a robot because humans eventually become obsolete. And that's a win for everybody. Today's episode is the first of a series of chilling true stories we call True Frights. After October, True Frights will only be available to members of the Nightlight Legion on Patreon. Each True Frights episode will include a true story, written by a Black author, about a real experience. We're kicking this series off with one of the most frightening moments of my own life. Members of the Nightlight Legion can join me on the Nightlight Discord channel to ask questions and chat more about this disturbing experience. And now, here's the story of an unknown presence, and while I'll never live in a place that gives me the heebie-jeebies again. It was a chilly winter night after my husband Bill and I spent the summer downsizing from our first home to a duplex apartment across town. We were broke and on the verge of bankruptcy and hoped the cheap rent in the hood would help us get back on our feet. We had three dogs, all pit bulls, Rock, Drake, and Buffy, so named because she enjoyed carrying pointy sticks around, 
and because they're considered an aggressive breed, quote-unquote, finding a place that would accept them was a challenge. There was either a limit on the number of pets or on breeds just about everywhere we looked. It was slim picking, so by the time we found a place in our price range that would accept us at all, we jumped at the chance to take it. It was a decent place in a non-violent neighborhood. The energy didn't feel quite right, but I just assumed it was because we were having to take a step backward and ignore the dread I had when we signed the lease. We'd been in a four-bedroom, two-story house with wonderful neighbors, and moving into a 900-square-foot duplex unit with no garage was a challenge. But after a week or so, we were thrilled to meet our new neighbor in the connected unit. He seemed relatively normal, kept to himself, and had just moved in. He offered to keep an eye on our place, and we offered to do the same for him. It was a relief to know we had a neighbor for at least the next 11 months or so, who seemed like a good guy who wouldn't throw a fit about our dogs. They didn't bark much, but when they did, it was loud, so we asked him to let us know if they were ever bothering him. About a month later, there was a U-Haul parked outside of his unit. At first, we thought maybe someone was moving in with him, but he was putting things into the truck, not taking them out. Worried that we might be the cause of this move, and about our landlord kicking us out, we went to have a talk with him. Hey, you leaving? My husband asked. Yeah, man. He paused for a moment, but before we could figure out a way to tactfully ask why, he continued. Y'all had anybody break your windows or anything? No, no break-ins, Bill replied. Somebody stole our lawnmower a few weeks ago, and some other small stuff has come up missing, but nothing like that. Nothing inside the house. No, 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 I mean like throwing rocks through your window, he replied. They didn't take nothing. Bill and I looked at each other. No, we said at the same time. I don't know, man. It's just some weird shit. Somebody broke the same window twice, our neighbor said after pondering our answer. I just don't want to be here no more. Had a bunch of bad luck since I got here, and I just want a fresh start. Moving to a new place. We said our goodbyes, but wanted to ask so much more. Who attributes a string of bad luck to a place they're renting? Who moves to the hood and gets a window broken and moves right away? Sure, it'd be scary, but breaking a lease is expensive, and you didn't live where we were because you had a lot of options. But some questions make you sound crazy even to your partner. So I said nothing, and I didn't mention the bad vibe I had at the beginning, even though the conversation made me think of it. Besides, I'd smudged the place when we moved in, partially hoping to give the place some good energy, but also because we really needed our luck to turn around. A couple of months passed, and I forgot all about the weird energy and the neighbor's bad luck. I was too consumed with how broke we were, how out of place I felt, and how angry I was that we tried to make good financial decisions and still ended up in the situation because of a shady mortgage company and medical bills. Bill wasn't feeling much better about things. He was working 14-hour days, six days a week, selling cars. We barely saw each other, and when we did, it often felt like we were strangers. I tried to stay positive. We had a plan. But spring came, and it rained for almost two weeks straight. People don't shop for cars in the rain, so our money was going fast, and we didn't have much coming in. My debit card got declined at Taco Bell, and anger turned into despair. When the rain eventually let up, business picked up and we were finally out of the red. Bills were paid, and we both got home really late one evening, so we decided to skip cooking and splurge on McDonald's for dinner. Bill had barely gotten any sleep, so I drove. He kept looking behind us, and after the fourth or fifth time, I spoke up. Why do you keep looking back? Is somebody following us or something? I said, half joking, half serious. Nah, he said, but he didn't bother to explain even though I could tell he was thinking so much more. I chalked it up to being hyper alert because so much was going wrong in our lives, but I still drove carefully, just in case. 
We made it home without incident, but as we approached our door, it was unusually quiet. The dogs knew the sound of our car, and once we shut the doors, they started up their happy yapping and whining, impatient for us to come inside. But that night, they were silent. The closer we got to the door, the more nervous I began to feel. Did something happen to them? Had they somehow gotten out and were roaming around the neighborhood, waiting to be picked up by animal control when we had no money to bail them out of doggy jail? I unlocked the door as quickly as I could and found them all staring at us. No tails wagging, no happy ears, no paw tapping to help them contain their excitement. Just stock still. Hi, babies, I said, more for myself than them. This wasn't right, but I didn't know what was wrong. Speaking somehow made it less frightening. They gave me a little wag, but stayed put. So we walked into the living room with our gourmet meal, ready to sit on the couch and finally eat. They all followed us quietly, not competing for our attention or any fallen bits of food. When we sat down, they did too, staring at the wall behind me. We looked for a bug or something else to explain their behavior because we'd only seen them so still and quiet when they were stalking insects. Bill and I ate mostly in silence, except to comment on how strange the dogs were acting. And then I felt pressure on my left shoulder, like someone was leaning on me. Rock growled. Buffy whined. All three dogs had their eyes fixed in the corner above my shoulder. I tried to tell myself they just wanted food. I wanted to pretend it had been Bill that leaned on my shoulder, but our knees were touching and there was an end table to my left. He couldn't have done it without me seeing. I sat motionless, trying to come up with a rational explanation, to feel it better to see if it was some weird muscle spasm, but I couldn't think of a logical reason for the sensation. Finally, the pressure went away. What's wrong? I didn't move, just turned my eyes toward Bill. He was looking at me with such fear and concern in his eyes, I knew I had to tell the truth, as strange as it would sound. I felt something on my shoulder, like someone leaning on it, hard. The look on his face didn't change, and for a moment I thought he was trying to figure out if I was lying, joking, or crazy. I felt someone sitting on my lap, he said. Neither of us seemed to know what to do after that, so we just sat there, remnants of our dinner on the coffee table, afraid to say something that might sound nuts or attract the tension of whatever or whoever was in the room with us. Suddenly, Drake growled and Rock joined him. The dogs all started their staring contest with whatever it was they saw behind me, and by now, Bill had noticed that they were staring too. We looked at each other, then slowly turned our heads toward the corner to find nothing. All pretense of this being a collective hallucination, or our brains playing tricks on us disappeared. Whatever it was, the dogs could see it, or at least sense it. We weren't delusional. We got up to see what they would do. They followed, still not quite staring at us, but towards us. A lot of people, including me, say they just leave, go, get out of there. It's what we yell at the screen when a picture falls off the wall for no good reason or there's footsteps in the attic when they're supposed to be home alone. But when you're in that situation, you can only think about whether you're going crazy or if something else is really going on. You don't want to look like a fool fleeing an empty house, even if no one else is looking. We still didn't want to accept that there might be something we couldn't see there with us. It just seemed so impossible. We were under so much stress that it was easier to just believe we'd finally cracked. And whatever it was didn't seem to want to hurt us necessarily. It was just strange and scary. We weren't terrified. 
It's not like it was strangling us or slapping us. More than anything, we just wanted the weird electricity in the air to go away. And then the overwhelming fear of dread and hatred took hold of us. Do you feel that? Bill asked. I didn't have to ask what he meant. Yes, I replied. What do we do? I opened the door to our spice cabinet. We can burn sage, I said. We didn't have a bundle, but we had some loose sage and I figured it was worth a shot. Can you get me a glass bowl? By the time I found the sage, Bill had a ramekin in hand. I sprinkled some sage inside and held a match to it. Then another, making sure I created a lot of smoke. We walked through each of our small rooms, that heavy feeling at our backs the entire time. By the time I was done, the unknown presence was only angrier. Anger is a funny thing. You walk into the room after an argument, and you can feel it hanging in the air. You don't mistake it for sadness or for simple content with silence. It's hot and heavy. But this, this anger was so hot and so heavy it was suffocating. The presence was sucking oxygen out of the room, growing larger and larger until there would be nothing left for us to breathe but the thing itself. I think we still wanted to believe what we were both experiencing wasn't real. That it couldn't be real. But there we stood, both shaking in fear, unable to deny it any longer. We grabbed a box of salt and barricaded ourselves and the dogs in our room. Just outside the door, we left a thick line of salt, making sure there wasn't a space on our carpet without it. We opened our window, and we did the same on the windowsill, finally feeling like we could breathe again. Our hearts were pounding so hard that you could see the pulse bubbling up in our necks. While the dogs stared at the closed door, I remembered a site on Wicca I frequented in high school. One of my brother's girlfriends was into witchcraft, and as a teen girl with a fascination for all things horror, naturally I wanted to know more. I'd abandoned my curiosity after a couple of years, but the site was still up, albeit a bit outdated. It didn't matter. The protection spell was right where I remembered it. It required salt and a whole bunch of other things we didn't have in the room with us, but we weren't willing to open that door for anything. So we gathered what we did have, the salt, a red pen, and some paper, and got to work. I wrote the protection spell carefully in red pen, then wrote a prayer beneath it for good measure. When you can't see the evil you're dealing with, you try to cover all your bases. I drew pinnacles and crosses on the back of the paper, then taped it to the door, the spell and the prayer facing out. And then, we waited. The anger began to dissipate. Then the feeling of something waiting on the other side of our door gradually grew less intense. After about an hour, the dogs curled up in their beds and went to sleep. Another hour passed and we opened the door. Despite the heater being on, the air outside of our room was at least 15 to 20 degrees cooler than the air inside, even though our bedroom window was still open. Aside from the cold, we didn't feel anything there, but we still didn't leave the room. We waited to see what the dogs would do with the door open. By one in the morning, nothing else had happened, so we quietly stepped over our line of salt. Everything looked normal. We didn't get any strange sensations, and the air felt normal outside of the chill. The dogs looked up, but didn't bother investigating. They stayed curled up and went back to sleep. We were too afraid to shower that night. We just went to bed, exhausted, and left all of our lights on, salt in place, and the spell on the door. After a lengthy conversation, we decided to leave our bedroom door open, if only so we could see if there was anything that could be seen on the other side of it. 
The next morning, we started looking for a new place. Two months later, we finally moved, just as new tenants moved into the unit next door. I don't remember if we said anything to them or not. At the time, I still wasn't sure if I'd imagined it all. In fact, the only reason I'm sure it was real now is because my husband felt it too. I've had a lot of unexplained experiences in my life, but nothing I'd ever felt physically before or since. Once we were settled into our new place, we both changed. We fought less and had more fun together. But neither of us has forgotten that night, and we still can't explain any of it. I've never told this story to anyone in its entirety, mostly because I was afraid of sounding crazy. I still think it's crazy. I mean, we were terrified of something that we couldn't see, something that maybe wasn't even there. The only proof we have is our word. No one could ask our dogs to corroborate what happened that night. We didn't have any marks on us and neither did they. Could three dogs and two skeptical adults have imagined it all? I don't know, but if we had to choose between living there or living out of our car, we'd choose the car. Members of the Nightlight Legion get access to these kinds of episodes and more beginning this month, including $1 patrons. At the end of October, you'll have to join for $5 or more to get access to strange but true tales, creepypastas, urban legends, and all other bonus content. So you should definitely become a member before Halloween to get the most bang for your buck. Every dollar counts, and we want to give everyone a chance to become a member of the Nightlight Legion. So go to patreon.com slash nightlightpod today and join us. If you don't want to join the Nightlight Legion, but want to support the show, consider donating to us via PayPal. Go to paypal.me slash nightlightpodcast to make a contribution. And if you want to keep fresh horror content in your ears, but aren't able to support us financially, remember to listen via the Radio Public app. When you listen, we get a few cents, so it's a great way to show us some love without spending a dime. Last but not least, keep an eye on our social media accounts to see what other spooky fun we have in store for you this month. There will be tons of bonus content, giveaways, and other surprises open to all of our followers and listeners to celebrate horror all month long. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another story. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.